It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Happy Monday, everybody. Today, Brandon and I are joined by two awesome young new physios out there, Dr. Kyle Thibodeau and Dr. Sean Jacobs, both working for Vertex PT specialists. I have to say, I really look up to th- these two gentlemen. They are both incredible at what they do, and you would never know that they're recent grads um, with the amazing things that they are doing in clinic. Um, so not only is this an amazing episode because we get into our thoughts on the recent course we just took, the integrated kinetic neurology t- course that uh, we had Dr. Kyle Paxton teach here at Vertex PT Specialist, but we also have one of the funniest exchanges yet on the Better Faster podcast when the fellas give us a nice little play-by-play of a recent competitive eating challenge they had, and I have to tell you, the last five minutes of this episode are pure gold, so uh, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. It's a great place to leave us a question of something you want us to talk about. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Welcome to a special episode of the Better Faster Podcast. We're recording live from Vertex PT Specialist, and we're joined by our very own Dr. Sean Jacobs, Dr. Kyle Thibodeau. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Good. Sean, why don't you start out telling us about yourself? First time on podcast. So I'm uh, Sean Jacobs, uh, originally from Northern Virginia. Um, been here, today is actually, I've saved this surprise for you guys. Today is actually my fifth anniversary on the Vertex PT crew. Five months, five months in. Now, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, February 14th, my first day here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Valentine's day. Um, so here, so, um, we're actually just, just finished up a uh, day one of this IKN course, but, um, yeah, so I just graduated in um, December from Wingate University, doctor of physical therapy program. Before that, I uh, got my degree in exercise science from James Madison University. Yeah. Doug Physio is the nickname. So my name is Kyle Thibodeau. I actually am from Decatur, Alabama. Decatur, where it's greater, 256. Uh, <laughs> I went to Troy University undergrad, met my beautiful wife, Rachel Thibodeau, um, there. Um, through Campus Outreach, a ministry on campus. Um, we both moved up to Columbia recently. Um, I guess I've been here for about a year and a month now. I also graduated from South Alabama and Mobile. Uh, moved up here about a year and a couple months ago. Um, wore some long khaki pants. Um, probably since middle school, had the same pants. And my coworkers thought I looked like a thug, so I got thug physio. So that's it. That's the name. Well, I got to say, it's awesome to have both of you here, man. And as somebody who is still, um, you know, growing in the field as a student and trying to find clinicians to look at and emulate and learn from, um, 
I love seeing what you guys are doing. Um, it's been, you know, a great pleasure of mine getting to come and watch you two treat. So even though you guys are pretty fresh out of a, out of school, um, you're well ahead of a lot of other students that I've gotten to see that are, are right out of school as well. Yeah, just gotta have good teachers, man. Uh, gotta, gotta thank God for having, having good teachers the whole way through and uh, just, just build and stand on the shoulders of giants. Absolutely. Well, it's, uh, it's definitely been uh, great having you guys here. I mean, the short time Sean's been here, five months to the day. I mean, you've helped us grow so much. You made a huge impact on a lot of our caseload. And Kyle's managing a whole practice now, a year out of school. So that's uh, it's pretty pretty impressive. So anyways, Sean, you mentioned that we are uh, uh, finished up with day one of this integrated kinetic neurology, the IKN approach course. Uh, what do you guys thought so far? What do you think about it? Oh, it's been pretty good so far. Um, a lot of, lot of, uh, old things put in new ways. Um, don't really know how to go about saying that I feel like less of a crazy person for um, a lot of the, a lot of the things that I've been doing that have been working, but it's nice to know that there are other people out there that are doing similar things and taking a different approach and actually formulating their thoughts as to why they may or may not be working and just here to learn, man, here to learn. Yeah. I think the uh, biggest thing I've taken away from day one has been just uh, patient buy-in. Uh, as we know, and the things that have come out in the research lately on patient expectation and just getting the patient involved and the plan, um, just seeing that. And it doesn't really matter exactly what the technique is, as long as you're meeting the patient where they're, where they're at and getting them to buy in. That's one of the biggest things, just making sure they're involved in the plan. So, Yeah, I'd have to agree. I love that that's where they started with it. Um, I think any way you can create change pretty immediately, even if, it, if you know that you know, what you're actually doing is something that's maybe a little bit more transient uh, in nature, but if it's able to modulate their pain or, you know, improve, you know, something like range of motion or whatever, if they're coming through for restriction, whatever it is, creating that buy-in is so important um, because then it will allow you to hopefully continue to implement other techniques that you know might be a little bit more permanent, but getting that off the right foot is great. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the, the interesting things that the host Kyle Paxson kept kept emphasizing was that you need to get the patient buy-in and he was very big on what he called tricks i like to call them parlor <laughs> tricks certainly and there's definitely a time and a place for that and you guys are both the models for that right you know he was looking at your elbow kyle and and your back right so he was doing a lot of things assessing manual muscle test strength and it was a variety of stuff right it was changing eye position doing things to you know hip the muscle spindle uh, having you think about painful experience like in your childhood no I'm kidding it was like a deadlift a deadlift you got hurt right yeah yeah that kind of thing so so what do you think was that legit because I didn't actually get a chance to try it out did it was it was it real or was it just for show or just did you just want it to really be true so bad that you had to say yes this actually worked like what are your thoughts about it honestly so coming into today um I agreed to come to this course about 72 hours ago um there's no bigger skeptic of any gurus or any new um, new wave type of stuff out there than I am. So I'll always, I'm always going to come at it with the lens of putting it through its harshest test first, right? I'm never going to just agree to something or I, I try to minimize my own bias as much as I possibly can. And in some ways almost hope that it's not true because that's the null hypothesis, right? We have a hypothesis that this might work and, or it might not work, but we always have to be willing to accept the fact that we, there is no change. Um, but when he had me up on the table and we were, he was having me visualize my low back pain that I had with deadlifting and we were doing manual muscle testing of the rec fem. I mean, I was trying as hard as I could not to be weak while I was doing that. And it, I don't know if he, I didn't feel like he was really changing his, his 
thrust. I don't know what your experience was that, what that was, but he didn't feel like he was changing his pressure and I still couldn't hold it up. And on top of that, after visualizing it for a long period of time, man, I, I started to feel it. I started to, I mean, it started getting frustrating again. He was talking about at, like visualize how you felt later that day. And I had all of the thoughts and feelings of, you know, throwing my belt across the gym. And I remembered it was a bright, sunny day outside. And why is my back hurting? And it just got, man, it, it, it was, it was tough. It was, uh, there was a little bit in there that, uh, um, there, it was kind of, kind of frustrating to, to get through. And I definitely understood why I could be weaker, you know, still coming at it with that same, uh, same lens of, is this true? I don't know. There's still, you know, an entire 50% left, left of the course for me to make that decision. Um, but I think there's definitely something there. What, what did you think about your elbow? Yeah. Um, it's hard to say. So I'm having some medial elbow pain, um, more tendon related. So we know that isometrics can help instantly with pain relief as far as tendons go. So, um, we did a couple, couple things. It's hard to explain on the podcast without actually seeing it in person, but I did do a little bit of loading during it too. So I'm not sure if the actual isometric prior to the, the test then the isometric and the retest, or if it was the actual movement itself that actually improved it, but it did actually feel a little bit better afterwards. And I'm just not sure exactly what to attribute that to. So it's hard to say. Um, but yeah. I would like to follow that up with, um, we were deadlifting this morning or I was deadlifting, you were squatting. And, uh, I mean, I, I worked up to a pretty heavy singles today with no pain at all. And like, I wasn't thinking about my back at all. And I'm like, I'm just, I kind of want to ask him, uh, if he's ever had that backfire because, um, like I felt fine. I wasn't thinking about it at all today. It felt good. I was just working up to a heavy single, um, pulled something that's respectable for me. And, uh, now, if I felt, I felt like if I went back and deadlifted this evening, I'd be like scared of my back. So I don't think I'd be able to replicate that at all. So that's something I'm going to like kind of try and dig into tomorrow a little bit going forward. So, so, I mean, it sounds like that the jury's still out on it. So it possibly is legit because you definitely feel like it is. And, and that's, I mean, I think that's a fair assessment because that's how all things are in the clinical setting, right? No one thing works for everybody. We, we definitely know that. I think, I think everyone in here would certainly agree with that point too. Um, but having said that, uh, I mean, did, did you did you have some patience in mind that you thought about? Because I, I mean, personally, like, I think you have to be the right kind of person that can actually sit there and, and visualize. Uh, Cause I know for me, I think my ADD would kick and I start thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner. Like after the first like 10 seconds, I, I don't know. I need to try it out tomorrow. Probably, I guess to decide, but um, did you have some patience in mind? Do you, did you find anything today that you think would actually change the way that you practice come first thing Monday morning? It's actually Saturday. We're going to release this on Monday. Good thing we did Saturday Monday. <laughs> I am actually going to try a couple of these things with um, certain patients that, um, I mean, I think, I think it'd be, it'd be, it'd be wrong not to, you know, go to a course. And if you see something that other people have told you, this may work in certain situations. And if there's any, if there's any chance at all, you can help someone. I don't see why you don't give it a shot, especially if the, there's absolutely no harm in doing it. A lot of these things are very um, low to no risk and very high reward. So it's kind of like the, the juice to squeeze ratio there is, uh, is, is pretty beneficial, I think. Yeah, same. Um, definitely, I'm already incorporating lots of breathing, um, but I think it was good to just go back over some of that again and just look at um, what breathing actually does um, to our nervous system and how it has a play role in the whole body. So um, just looking at that and be reminded that was good. Um, and also, I think one of the bigger takeaways will be more of the imagery piece. Um, even during things like, you know, during manual therapy, we often just talk to the patient, which I think is great to um, get to know them better and get buy-in, but also maybe incorporating a little bit more imagery with that um, and maybe kind of tapping into some of those neurotags, um, taking them to that kind of place to build 
uh, like what Kyle was saying today, building some resili- resiliency in the in the face of pain. I thought that was a good a good point to kind of mention, um, where we always try to you know kind of stay away from the pain, but actually kind of thinking about the pain and trying to build resiliency there. I think that's a I think that's a good point. Yeah, and I think um, a lot of that when you start talking about building resiliency um, in the face of pain, um, it kind of led into a concept that I think we've talked about on the podcast before, Brandon, and I think a lot of people are familiar with, and that's this idea of like a stress cup or a stress bucket, you know, or, or a bill, you know, uh, you know, essentially when we are adding all these things in there, we have a finite amount of ability to combat those stresses. So um, I thought it was very unique on how you know, he presented some things that I wouldn't normally associate with being, you know, necessarily stressful uh, in terms of the patient experience when they come to your clinic. So how is your waiting room set up? What is your, in, your initial paperwork like? Um, you know, when, you know, when they, when they call in and they're talking to your, um, your front desk coordinator, if you have one, what's that intera- uh, interaction like? And there, there's so many things like that from, you know, even what are you wearing as a clinician? You know, how does this set up your clinic? Um, I thought that was very interesting uh, on how he talked about that. Um, and I know, I think that's why one thing I really like Brandon about how you have Vertex set up. Yeah. And, and just to piggyback off of that too, there was a quote that he said that kind of stuck with me. He mentioned that one of his uh, colleagues says, you didn't get hurt on the table and you're not going to get better on the table. And one thing he said about that safe environment was that, you know, a lot of times we, we think about nowadays having a conversation with our patients, establishing rapport. It's very important. And, and, and I try to do that too. You know, they talk about their kids, talk about their dog. You know, I have a kid too. I have a dog, you know, we pull out our cell phones, that kind of thing too. But he did bring up a good point that, you know, maybe sometimes when we are, having our patients in the room, we have them on the table, the lights are low, we're trying to get them calm down, get them out of that fight or flight sympathetic state that, you know, maybe we should have them, you know, focus on being in the moment, being in that safe environment, kind of take their minds off of their families, off their jobs, even just for that little bit. Um, so I thought that was pretty good because I know I'm definitely guilty of just trying to keep the conversation flowing the whole time too. And maybe sometimes we do get, we do lose focus on what we're going to clinic. I don't know. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I think um, that's one of the things that I try to do is um, I almost – attempt to build that that type of um, rapport immediately or as soon as I possibly can to make sure that I have almost a friendship with every patient that I have. And um, I think that he introduced more of like, maybe it was just a way to guide that. It's kind of like my reflections on that initially where, uh, where instead of, you know, asking about how your day was to distract them from that pain, maybe, maybe um, take those questions on a different route and just talk about specific things related to therapy. So I think there's definitely room for both of those. I don't think you can have one without the other. Um, I don't think you're going to be able to have good, um, good patient client interactions if, if all you have are um, just talking about pain and symptoms and everything you're doing in the clinic. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and kind of piggybacking off of that, taking a slightly different direction. There's been mentioned on this podcast before, Brandon, with um, with Justin Dunaway about the high five, and one of our interviewees <laughs> loving to give high fives to all of his patients. Kyle, tell me about the high five. I was taking a little extreme. <laughs> but I do give high fives whenever I think about it. Um, there just is something positive about a high five, and people feel good when they give high fives. So why not give a high five? I love it. Yes, yes, that's uh, that's, that's got contagious too. Everybody's doing it now. Sean does it. I see Sean every time. I try to do it. Man. All right, high fives, everybody, real quick. Bam, oh, got to get that on the mic. All right, cool. All right, no, no, let's get that staying in. All right. So overall. I, you know, I've never been to a con ed course where I didn't get something good out of it. And there's definitely some things I know I'm going to use, you know, going back to the breathing stuff. We work on that with a lot of our patients, but 
you know, the way that he framed it, little details about, you know, taking a breath in, start through the stomach all the way up to the head and some cues that you can use for that. I'm not going to give everything away. Um, so I'm sure you wouldn't appreciate that, but, um, you know, I thought that was some pretty useful stuff. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's a good thing. Um, and I'm looking forward to day two tomorrow. Uh, before we, we hop off here, speaking of painful memories, uh, the two of you recently engaged in the Big T Challenge at Henry's on Divine. So if you're in Columbia and you haven't been to Henry's on Divine, you might want to check it out. Can someone explain to me what is the Big T Challenge? Real quick before we get to that, um, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and you know, give away then the story. Kyle, Kyle won the contest. We'll get into the details. But the thing is, Kyle stormed into Columbia all the way from Alabama less than a year ago, or a little over a year ago, I'm sorry. And is the 12th person in history of restaurant to conquer this thing, man. So, congratulations. You got that. You got an iron stomach. All right. Tell us what the big T is, Sean. All right. Yeah. So, congratulations are definitely in order. And we'll get to that in a second. But to set the stage here, big T, this is the big T challenge, everybody. So, this is a burger that is one pound of beef. So, two half pound beef patties. And instead of buns, there are grilled cheeses. The toppings for these, these burgers are three different kinds of cheese, onions, mushrooms, and I believe that's it. We added toppings. We added ketchup and mustard and all that stuff, but it doesn't come on there. That is one big T. The challenge is eat two of those and a basket of fries. And by basket, I mean bucket. These things are huge. We had to eat all of that in 45 minutes. Kyle beat me in the open, so his burger was automatically free. But we were still going to go head-to-head in the biggest fitness challenge of all, fitness hole challenge in our stomachs in 45 minutes. So, Kyle. You came out, had the winning strategy. Yeah. I, went with the I went with the deconstruction strategy of taking the burgers apart because they were smoking hot, let everything calm down, and go with the beef first. You're telling me that wasn't a very good strategy. Can you tell me what you did instead? Absolutely not. <laughs> you, you, you cannot, just from my, my experience with eating, you cannot eat one thing at a time, especially with that much volume. So it's all about the volume there. So you, at first you have to eat a little bit, take some out of the way. So I ate the burger to kind of enjoy it at first, kind of, you know, get my mood right, make, make sure I felt good with that. Then I, I kind of saw you over there. You ate all the meat first, correct? correct. So 32 ounces of meat, right? Of meat. Four grilled cheeses and, and a stack of fries. So I knew those grilled cheese would taste like paste if I just ate grilled cheeses. So I had to make grilled cheese balls. Those definitely helped out. You got to get the grilled cheese, get it nice and tight in your hand make a ball. And that makes it also for the mind. We're talking about pain, right? It's all about perception, all about perception. Correct. Exactly. So the grilled cheese was less of a threat. So I could, it made me more willing to eat the grilled cheese. So, so I had, so I had a pretty good strategy where I actually chose the side of the table where I could see the television. Um, this ended up backfiring on me because I ended up I ended up using that as a crutch and I think I chewed and swallowed a little bit slower than you did. You had the window and you actually asked for rap music to be played on headphones through your ear to increase the, to increase the, uh, the focus. There. Yep. Lecrae and Zaytoven. Okay. I, I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> but I, but I believe that it worked because you killed it. So what you're and, and, um, from, from the loser's end of, of the, of the side of the table here, what Kyle did was he picked up the first, the, first half of the burger and he just started eating it and I thought he was absolutely crazy but it ended up working um he kept he continued with the whole ratio he would do a couple of bites of burger and then a couple of bites of sweet potato fries another interesting point about the sweet potato fries they stayed fresh longer I went with regular fries they were cold soggy and stale by the time I got to them can you elaborate a little bit more on how the sweet potatoes worked out for you yeah just get a little bit more taste um 
I didn't want to leave all of the sweet potato fries there at the end because then again, you have too much of one thing at a time. You have to kind of move the flavors around. So I wanted to keep the pickle there for sure. The pickle saved my life. The pickle saved my life. So I kept the pickles there. I also kept the mushrooms and onions that fell off the burger on the plate. I knew if it came down to the buzzer beater, I could swallow those pretty quick. So I saved the pickle for the end. I kind of went mainly with a happy, happy burger at first. I felt pretty good eating that one. Then I started breaking them up, getting the meat. Then got the grilled cheese balls, got down a little bit of fries each time with that. Saved the pickle in between to get a different flavor because it gets kind of repetitive over time, you know, especially with with all that food. Oh, no, it certainly does. I know, nobody knows that better than eating four, four pounds of, or two pounds of just dried leather, which I'm still salty about, by the way. Um, but here, here's Brandon for his, uh, for his outside take on it. The best part of this whole thing was the ending, though. I mean, y'all didn't even talk about that. This was a buzzer beater finish, right? So the waitress came by, and she's, she's timing this thing on her phone. It's like 15 seconds, and Kyle's got like, what, like a whole mouthful. He, he, you have to swallow it, too. You can't just leave it in your mouth. So like, it's like 15 seconds ago. She's giving the countdown. Kyle stuffs it in his mouth. He's like gulping big, huge mouthfuls of water. Like we told him, we'll do the helmet maneuver on you if, you if you're about to choke. You know what I mean? Yeah, we'll save your life. We're, we're, all, we're all PTs. We're all CPR certified. So three, two, one, turns his head, sticks his tongue out. She told you to stick your tongue out too, right? Gets a free T-shirt, picture on the wall of fame, rest is history. The only thought in my mind was got to get on that wall. That's the only thought, got to get on that wall. I have to say, I cannot believe that there was as much strategy that went into uh, to competitive eating. I am so impressed by both of you. Uh, that was amazing. Uh, before we sign off, uh, can you tell everybody where they can find out more? Uh, yeah, so you can follow me on um, Instagram, K-W-Tibodeau, T-H-I-B-O-D-E-A-U-X. That's the song my mom taught me when I was little, how to spell it. That's the, that's the tune. So K-W-Tibodeau, um, you find me there or on Twitter. I believe it's the same thing. I have no catchy limerick or mnemonic for mine. It is just the Sean Jacobs, T-H-E, Sean Jacobs. S-E-A-N, the correct way. <laughs> well, we appreciate you guys coming on. Um, if, if for anything, just for that amazing you know, uh, uh, look back at the awesome challenge that was the Big T Challenge. Um, but really, guys, I do appreciate you coming on because I do look up to both of you. Uh, I really do. Um, I'm not just saying that. So, uh, thank you guys. Uh, if you want to find out more from us, you go to betterfasterpodcast.com or at betterfasterpodcast. If you want to find out more from Brandon, you go to at vertexpt or vertexpt.com. You want to find out more from me, go to carolinaperformancetraining.com or at cpt underscore strength. Thanks for listening and tune in next week. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor of physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.